Welcome, everybody. This is episode 12 of the Elevated Canine Podcast, and I'm here with my co-host, Oscar Mora. My name is Roel Guerra, and uh, today we're just going to be the two of us, and we're going to be answering some questions from Instagram, talking about a few different things regarding training styles, uh, the past versus Let's what's going get, on today. That go and get it. Yeah. With no hesitation. Yeah. This that never quit. Yeah. Start that elevation. Yeah. This that process. Yeah. This that in the making. Yep. Uh, damn, we're already number 12? Yeah, episode Sheesh. number 12. Some people said we might not even get up to 10, but we're already yeah. at 12. <laughs> we had 10 in the bag, bro. That hey, was. Listen, guys, first of all, I want to make sure I remind you guys, you know, we're not, you know, we're not making any money off this. Uh, we're just trying to help more of you guys out, out there. So if this is the podcast that you're, you know, you're enjoying, please make sure you subscribe, you like, you comment, you share. More importantly, uh, leave us reviews on, uh, you know, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, I think you can leave a review too. Mm-hmm. And uh, is Google Podcasts? Google well? Podcasts. And Google yep. Podcasts. Uh, you know, YouTube. Guys, come on. Hook <laughs> us up. So I was uh, shooting a live last week yep. with, uh, with that puppy, Verona. Yep. <laughs> and then yesterday I got another comment on it. And basically the comment was, so you're starving your dog. You're starving your dog so you could get him to work for you. And, uh, and you know, it kind of, uh, kind of triggered me a little bit. Cause I was like, yo, like, and, and, and then I, but, but then I, I understand it triggered me because I, in my mind, I'm like, like, nah, I, I don't starve my dogs. Like mm-hmm. I'm just creating a dog that wants to work. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But then I also, you know, I sit back and I go, I understand where it's coming from. Yeah. Basically, like if they saw that I had my son and I'm like, Hey, you got to do this, 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 this before you can get this. Uh, and some people will view that as, you know, you're, you're not treating them the way that you should be treating them. You should just yeah. give them these things. Yeah. And for me, I, uh, I go back and I think about like dog training. Even if I go back the 12 years that I have, no, 13, 13 years now that I have in dogs. Mm-hmm. And I look at the, the, uh, you know, some of the trainers that I have worked with in the past that, they didn't really use any too much motivation, too much food, or, you know, they didn't really do any of that. A lot of it was like pressure with the leash. Yep. Like it was either a prong collar, a choke chain, and it was, you know, hammering on the dog. It's basically the, the relief of the pressure that, you know, that the dog was, that was the reinforcer for the dog. Like mm-hmm. you sit, if you don't sit, I'm going to correct you until, you know, you sit and then I'm going to stop the correction. Yeah. And that's your reward. And Luckily for me, man, I came in uh, into this when, you know, like Michael Ellis was putting a lot of information out, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Learberg videos. So shout out to Learberg, Michael Ellis. Uh, if you guys look him up on YouTube, you guys will find a bunch of stuff. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I am I'm blessed to be, you know, to have started when I started because I had trainers like, you know, that like him that were putting out information that I could listen to and I could learn from. Now, you know, that, that I've been into it, you know, a lot of, so some of the questions are, do you starve them? No, but I do want to make sure that the dog understands that he has to do something before he can get rewarded. Yeah. Now there's a difference, uh, when you're like, and I'm going to use two of my dogs. If I'm training Rogan, which is a sport dog, he's, uh, you know, the obedience that I ask from him is higher level more, uh, you know, snappiness to it, um, more precision to it, you know, harder behaviors. Yeah. 
And then I have August, who's our, my dog that, you know, just hangs out at the house. He's our, you know, he goes on walks with the family. And not, I'm not saying that the other dogs don't, but this guy, like, he just chills out. But I have also used food as a motivator to be able to teach him certain things. Yeah. If I could have something that I can use as a reinforcer and where I could balance out if there is some sort of pressure, whether it be spatial pressure, leash pressure, whatever, then he can get also get rewarded with food and food and make him understand a little bit better what I'm asking from him. Why not use it? Yeah. That's just, you know, that's just how I look at it. So sometimes you'll hear people talk about, you know, there's a, the old school method of dog training and that's Mm -hmm. like the, you know, the yank and crank people call it. Oh, that's just yank and crank. And there's still a lot of trainers out there that use these methods. Yeah. I, us at Elevated Canine, we don't, we don't really use so much of that because we use a lot of food in our training. Now, there are some dogs that aren't going to use food mm-hmm. in their, that, you know, they're, they're not, they're, they're not going to want to take food. Maybe they're a nervous dog or they're a scared dog or, and they don't want to take food from you. There's a rule of thumb where uh, elevated that, you know, I don't care if the dog is, uh, if he's not food motivated, we're just going to give him, we're going to let him eat. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're going to give him his food. Like we're not going to force him into taking food from us, from our hand. And you know, uh, how can I say? Starve him. Yeah. We're not we're like, not, we're not starving. Th- so they could take food. That's yeah. not it. Uh, that's not my, that's not my intentions as a trainer. That's, that's not what we're about. I do, you know, if I do have a dog that is taking food and, but he's not as motivated, I will cut his food a little bit like the, you know, maybe the night before Mm -hmm. I, instead of feeding them three cups, maybe I give them two cups and maybe that'll create a little bit more on the next day. However, you know, sometimes you could use a different type of food, different, you know, different value to the dog that could, that you could use to your advantage so that you can get more out of the dog. So again, there's the yank and crank, which they use. Not much food. It was all the relief, the release, the relief of pressure and praise sometimes. Good boy. And that would, you know, that would get the results. Does that training work? It does. Yeah. It does work. Uh, is it, you know, is it something that, you know, uh, is the be- is best for the dog? In my opinion, no. Uh, but it does, it does have a place in dog training, especially with a certain type of dog where you have to, you know, work with different types of issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, I prefer, you know, you having a well-charged marker where he understands that, you know, he's going to get rewarded when he hears this sound. And now I could use that as a, not only, even if I use a slip leash and I tell him to sit and the relief of pressure there, but then me giving him a reward that is also a positive, mm-hmm. the dog's going to be more inclined to repeat that over and over yep. again. So, you know, that's, that's what I prefer to use uh, as a method. But, guys, every dog is different. You know, not every dog is the same. And you're going to have to s- kind of shift how you're doing things sometimes. So, going back to Verona, I, I was doing a live and I was working her. I had her, her bowl of food and she was walking around, you know, going around, uh, barking at me and, you know, trying to get me to give her some rewards. So I used, I used her food to, to my advantage, you know, to her, to my advantage so that I could teach better. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, uh, you know, I could get more reps in using her food. 
And she's very motivated to want to do obedience and work because yeah. she knows it's when she gets her belly full. Yeah. So anyways, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think a lot of the mistake, I think the, the misconception that we can equate dogs to humans is a big problem with a lot of people. Um, you know, would you do that to your kids? Well, my mom did that to me. I mean, I mean, obviously I'll now feeding myself whenever I want, but <laughs> you know, when we were kids and I'm sure many of the viewers can relate to this, you have to clean your room before you get your dessert. You have to finish your chores before you get to go play video games. And it's basically the same concept. You know, if we're going to compare humans to dogs, it's the same concept. This, this, this has to be done before you get something that you want. And it just so happens that what the dog wants is its food. And if you can get a dog to want to work for its food, and it's not the entire meal, you know, um, a lot of the times we train maybe half of its food for, for breakfast or dinner, we'll use that for training. Um, and then we give the rest in the bowl. We'll jackpot them with the rest of the bowl. Um, yeah, I used to be a crank and yank trainer. That's what I learned when I first started training dogs four or five years ago on, you know, on my own. And it worked with one dog. He did great with it. Um, but now that I go back and I look at some of the videos that I did with him, I could tell he wasn't enjoying the training. Right. I felt great. It made me feel amazing. You know, Hey, <laughs> my dog's never had a treat and he's two years old. Yep. You know what I mean? And yes, he listened to me. He would sit, he would down and I would pet him and praise him. And he did it not because in my opinion, this is my own personal dog. I'm not saying this is how it is for every dog that goes through that, that type of training. But for me, in, when I look back, I think he looked miserable. Right. He, you know, he was doing it because he didn't want the pressure. He wasn't doing it because he wanted to do it. Right. And, um, that's how that dog was trained for me. Now, when, uh, I got my next dog and I tried that with him, it didn't work. The dog completely shut down and I started getting frustrated. And the last thing I wanted to do was hurt my dog right. with that prong collar. Because it, it seemed like I was already hurting him. Just a little bit of pressure. He would scream bloody murder. And I was in my mind, I was like, I can't figure out how to get this dog yep. to do these things. Because in his mind, he had no idea what was going on. I didn't truly understand how to teach him the pressure. I was trying to train him the same way I trained my first dog. And as he said, not all dogs are the same. Some dogs can handle it. Some can't. You know, it got to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm going to try using some food. I'll never forget. <laughs> Somebody was asking me about dog training. Uh, and they were like, Hey, check these videos out. You think these are good? And it was actually Oscar's videos. <laughs> <laughs> it was elevated canine. And I was like, nah, they're using treats. He doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but I eventually, I ended up going to Oscar and now the dog, you know, I use him as a demo dog and right. he's very motivated for food. And then eventually we faded that and mm -hmm. he just loves doing the obedience. Yep. You know, I would pair my praise with the food. So they were, in his mind, they were the same thing. Now he'll do it. Yes, he'll do it for food. He'll do it for a ball and he'll do it for my praise. It's not like the rest of his life, he's going to have, I'm going to have to carry treats with me wherever I go. He understands. Now he understands what I'm asking of him. And he knows when he does it, he's going to get some type of reward. Yep. And any reward is a good reward for this particular dog. Right. And another thing too, man, it's like, I always get that comment like, Oh, uh, my dog does it without food. And I'm like, cool. And then I'll go see the dog and it's like, it's doing things and it looks miserable. Right. And I'm like, yeah, you're doing it. You're like, yeah, my car runs like you, you could, your car could get you from point A to point B, but it's going to, is it going to, you know, take you at the same speed as a, 
a Ferrari is. You know, it's not it's not yeah. gonna look the same. Yeah. It's just you know what I'm saying. And I don't even know if that's a yeah. good comparison, but I'm just saying like the expectations you have compared to the ones I have are completely different. Now, like I said, with August, he's not my competition dog. He's not. He's he's you know. But if I tell him to down, he's gonna down. If I tell him to sit, he's gonna sit. And now I I like he just wants to be you know I could praise him and he's happy. I figured out that he really enjoys coming up on me. So I use yeah. that as a motivator. And so I could do a little bit of food stuff. I taught him how to heal next to me with food. And now I just give him his food. He's good. Mm-hmm. But I've already taught him using something that he enjoys. And yeah. now I transferred into he enjoys uh, me throwing the ball and he enjoys like me praising him up and jumping on me. Mm-hmm. So I use that as my reinforcer. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always have to be food. But if I wanted August to have a, a very precise, you know, down or a sit or a stand or a focus heel. Yeah. I'm going to go back to using food or, or, you know, a motivator that I could use to help me out, to bring out his enthusiasm, all that. Now, again, guys, some dogs, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to take food the same. It's our job as trainers or as owners to figure out what reinforcer you could use for for your dog that, you're going to be able to use uh, the most, you know, it could be a ball. It could be some dogs really enjoy praise, man. Like mm-hmm. some of, I, I had some boarding trains where they didn't care about food. They didn't care about toy. They didn't care about any of that. But if I like made a big old deal and like just praise them up, yep. that was it. You yep. know, like they live for that. So I could go sit, pet them, stay them calm and then boom, explode into like this party and they love it. Mm-hmm. It's our job to figure out what our dog enjoys so that we could use to our advantage so that we could teach uh, more behaviors and just get a better response out of the dog. Um, another thing is, which is why I really enjoy uh, the sport of shuts in IGP. Now, like I was watching videos a couple of days ago of uh, some shuts in videos from back in the, I want to say it was like the nineties, like, you know, 94 or something. It was like old footage, but the dogs looked like they just beat the crap out of them. Right. Yeah. And now it's completely different. And I'm not saying that we're not, you know, that people aren't using corrections or anything, but they're balancing it out. So because you are being judged on the emotion of the dog, like what is the dog showing? If he, sh- if he sh- is he showing pressure or is he a free dog that he's showing like, you know, good attitude in the work. And so the judge, you got to pay attention to that now as a trainer, mm-hmm. because if it looks like if you tell your dog to down, down out of motion and he like, like cowers, boop, you're going to lose a bunch of points right there. And that is, that was another reason, you know, that's why I think, man, like, and with, with all the, all the videos that we have out right now, there's so much information out there that for me, there's no reason why, uh, I shouldn't use, you know, food to my advantage to train my dog. Guys, this is, this is my opinion. This is, you know what I'm saying? This is, if, if you're happy and you're getting the results you want, not using food, go for it. Uh, you know, more power to you. But I feel like some people just feel better have, like, having to say something negative all the time. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, like that person that, that jumped on my feed, that's obviously somebody with a fake account that yeah. just wanted to, you know, create a reaction. But I, I, I like it because now we could talk about this. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're, you're saying I starve my dog. I'm saying nah. I'm saying I'm teaching my dog how to earn his meal, and therefore I'm using it to my advantage so that I could, you know, get more out of the dog. Yeah. Um, and the attitude of the dog is different. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they enjoy hanging out with you and working with you. You have a different connection with the dog. And so the way I do it is I first start with food and then I go to the toy. Once I have my behaviors in place, I go to toy and I start giving my dogs their meals, you know, free meals or what, whatever you call it. But even when I do that, it's not completely free all the time. I'll ask for a couple things and I'll give them the full bowl of, of you know, as a reward. Um, guys, this is just me, you know, blabbering on about this, but uh, I just feel like, uh, you know, some people need to understand why we're doing, why we're using food to train our dogs. So anyways. Yeah. And it's not just food. We're not only, we don't train with just food. We right. still use the prong collar. We still use slip leashes. We still use electronic collars, but we pair the food on top of it. Yep. So, you know, we understand, you know, with the old methods, it's the pressure and then the release of pressure that rewards the dog. Right. And for some dogs, that's huge. Some dogs gain confidence from that, knowing that they they can stop what they don't like and it, it helps build their confidence. But it's another thing, you know, when you put the pressure on, the pressure comes off and once the pressure is off, they get another treat. You know, the dog's the dogs really tend to enjoy it, in my opinion, a little bit more. And um, even with some dogs, just the markers alone get them excited. Yep. Like that that alone is a reward for some dogs. Yep. Um, and so right now that we're talking about food, man, like, so Jonathan had a board and train. He had a board and train, brought her out. He had her for two weeks doing phenomenal, like, really, really good work. Jonathan's one of our new trainers. Um, The way she took food from me, I was like, holy crap. Like, she just, like, ate at my fingers. So I was like. You need to teach this dog how to take the food from you. That will teach your dog patience. It will teach your dog how to stay calm. You know what I'm saying? Like there's benefit in that. So how you deliver the food can teach a dog something, Mm -hmm. you know, so we're using all this to our advantage. So with this dog, I said, Hey, um, you know, if a dog is too active and, you know, usually a lot of Dobermans are very like fidgety. And I was like, teach him how to be calm and, Take the food really slow yeah. so you could settle them down a little bit. Mm-hmm. If the dog was kind of, you know, kind of down and not as fast, then you could create more energy by marking and bringing out, you know, food and making them a little more active. Every dog is different. You got to mm-hmm. figure out what that dog needs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, anyways, you could use food for that. Uh, you know, that'll benefit you. You know, just teaching your dog that, hey, here, uh, easy exercise you could do with your dog is... You have his bowl of food. He gets super amped up. You bring him out. You sit down. You put your food bowl down. Uh, you cover it until the dog relaxes. Once he be- gives you some space, you could say good. You could bring out a piece of food and hand it to him. You could open it up. If he tries to bother it, you just close it. He then knows that, hey, I can't eat until they say I can eat. So then once the dog backs up, Open up your hands again. He gives you some space. Good. Feed. Good. Feed. You could even, you know, move the bowl around. It doesn't bother it. Yes. Give him the full bowl. That is going to teach your dog how to wait on you to give him the cue to eat and how to be still, how to calm down. You know what I'm saying? So there's different ways you could use food for your training to teach different things. So, uh, you know, just my advice uh, for those out there that are against food, I would say just give it a shot, you know, try to get a little more educated on the subject and see if, uh, if you could benefit from it. Don't just be closed off and saying, nah, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I think that yeah, you're doing a disservice to yourself and your dog. 
yeah, I think we should be open-minded to any new methods that come when it comes to dogs. I mean, the, the more we can learn and use that to help the dogs understand what it is we're trying to communicate with them and they're responsive to it, it would be a disservice to us and to the animals not to try it. Yep. Cause you know, dog training is evolving and, um, you know, new things are, there are new methods coming out and new ways to train. And just because it's worked for you in the past, I get it. If it's not broken, don't fix it a hundred percent. But, you know, but is it the best for the dog? Is it the best for the dog? That exactly. That That's, is what we, what we have to look for now. Then there's the other side of the spectrum. Exactly. The pure positive yep. side of like, no, we don't want to add any correction or whatever to the dog. I feel there's a, a negative to that, you know, and as much as, you know, because there's different, I mean, there's, there's a dog I'm working with right now with recon. Mm -hmm. That dog, that dog's temperament is, you know, is, is he's a strong dog and definitely he's not going to, um, he's not going to benefit from me, from me never showing him like any sort of pressure. Yeah. He, like, he has to know like, Hey, there's, there's gotta be some balance. Like I give you some, you give me some and, but I have to be fair with them yep. and I have to make sure that I don't get into my feelings and get upset over something mm -hmm. and take it out on him mm -hmm. because he will let me know, yo, <laughs> don't, don't play with me. Yeah. And, and so, um, and, and so I feel like those type of dogs, cause he was with, I, I, I don't know if he was with somebody. I don't even, you know what? I'm not even going to go into that, but, um, that there, there's certain type of dogs that I feel benefit from the pre the pressure release yep. at a young age. Because then they understand, hey, everything is fair. Um, you know, they're not going to, the, when there is a correction, it, it's got to be, a, they got to have an understanding on how to turn off that, you know, that pressure that you're adding. And when I say correction, pressure, it doesn't mean I'm just like wailing at the dog. It could be literally two fingers on the leash, but he's got to learn how to turn off that pressure. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there's that other side of the spectrum of pure positive uh, dog training. And while I feel it, uh, it could be amazing. I have, I've seen some, some trainers do some amazing stuff doing that. I also feel that there are some, you know, some downfalls to that. Agreed. Uh, that's just my opinion. Uh, obviously, you know, everybody has their own opinion. Um, but today I just wanted to talk a little bit about the whole food thing and why we use it to our advantage. Yeah. As, as new methods come out, you know, we take a look at them and we take what we can from it. But we're not saying you have to follow what's coming. We have to follow what's trending. Whatever is best for the dog that's in front of you, do it. Yep. Because every dog's going to be different. Yep. I mean, there's a, like, a, you know, Nino. Nino uh, Duarte, I believe his name is, with, uh, I, I forgot what his. Uh, STSK9. STSK9. Yeah. Uh, they do a whole bunch of luring and, you know, all that stuff. And, man, I see, like, I've seen some people that, like, really enjoy that style of training. Heck, yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yep. Like you're going to, you know, as long as you're out there having a good time with your dog, like, dude, please go out there and, and mm -hmm. do it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so anyways, there's different styles of training, different methods. Uh, at the end of the day, I think the most important thing that we have to look out for is, is our dog. Uh, are we, a, are we, are we, are we doing the best by the dog? Like, uh, you know, are we, are they happy doing it? Are they enjoying the process of it? Uh, you know, I think that is ultimately the most important part for sure. And then are you enjoying it? You know what I'm saying? After that, because if you get frustrated, then you take it out on the dog. Mm -hmm. And so it is important that, uh, you know, 
that you guys are both enjoying it. Um, I do have one question, I think, uh, from Instagram. So the question is from leading the pack canine. Do you ever let your personal dog do bite work on you during IGP training? There's some conflicting info. I'm looking to get into it. So I think it depends on the dog, first of all. And, uh, and it depends on your skill as a, as a decoy. You know what I'm saying? Cause I think you could, if you don't know what you want, you don't know what you're looking at. You could easily be rewarding the wrong things. So, uh, for IGP, like, like on the last podcast, on the, I mean, the part, the podcast with Christian, we mentioned, uh, Marco and Sarah at, uh, Canemo, C-A-N-E-M-O. Uh, they have some really good videos that make it very easy for the for the handler to you know build uh, some of the protection stuff that you could easily transfer to the helper. Uh, so I think you could definitely do it, but I would do it under the guidance of somebody that knows what they're doing. Yeah, I think sometimes we think we know what we want, and I I mean I remember, man, I remember uh, getting home from work when I first got had my first dog, and then uh. I bought all these things from Learberg, you know, and like little puppy wedges. And I'm over there like making a miss and giving them bites. I had no clue what I was doing. And that dog never got anywhere because of the lack of skill that I had. Uh, yeah, I think it is. I think you could do it and you could lay a foundation. For, but uh, ultimately, you have to put them under somebody else because there's a different type of uh, pressure that comes from certain helpers. There's a different type of picture that the dog is going to see with certain helpers. So while you could teach, I taught WAPO a lot of the foundation for IGP. I put him with on as many people as I could that knew what they were doing because I wanted to make sure I set him up for success. Yeah, I've I've been training with Oscars uh, for about almost four years now. Um, I've seen him work many dogs. Uh, I know what I'm looking at. You know, as far as I know, I know what I'm looking at when he's working dogs. I still wouldn't do it <laughs> for my own dogs just because I know there are so many subtle things that the dog will show you. And I feel like I'm not at the point to where I really know if I'm paying the right thing or if I'm getting right. the right thing out of the dog. Um, so for me personally, I wouldn't do it. Yep. I mean, uh, but I, I mean, I, I did it uh, when I was uh, starting. Uh, and then with certain dogs, like my Malinois, I remember I started doing it. And, um, but then I also, I, I kind of had people that were kind of, that I could watch. So I learned pretty like, you know, and when I say I started doing it, when I started, it was like three years in, uh, yeah. that I kind of started seeing it. But even then, once you get to a certain point, like you can no longer do it. So even if you, I would say you could teach certain skills. Like for me, Wapo, uh, teaching them how to do a silent guard versus an active guard. I did that by myself, but I did it with, you know, after, Somebody explained it to me and I understood what it was, which was Mike Lorraine. Shout out to Lorraine Canine in Florida, uh, one of the best trainers in, in the U.S. Uh, so when, when I, I saw him doing it, he explained it to me and I was like, it makes sense. So I started doing it. But again, at some point, you're going to have to, you know, yeah. uh, put a, a real uh, helper in front. And with another sport, with Frenching right now, I've been working Rogan for the most part ever since he was a baby. I think for the Bervais, for the level one, uh, I think you could, you could do it if you know what you're doing. But after that, it gets very difficult, especially in French. But these decoys, some of these skilled decoys, they'll come in and they just, you know, they'll, they'll destroy your dog in a way that, like, I mean, you're training mostly, 
uh, because you can't replicate a lot of the moves that these guys are doing. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, it gets really hard. Another thing is like the object guard. Uh, you know, I'm, I always have somebody handle Rogan. And then when I'm handling him, then he's kind of like looking at me, kind of looking at. The, so it's just some conflicting stuff. You know, can you do some of the pieces? Yes. But again, it took years to be able to learn what I wanted and what I wanted, to, you know, uh, yeah. what I wanted to do with the dog or what to do with the dog when it comes to, uh, you know, training for a sport. Um, another thing is there's a big difference in trial decoys and training decoys. And I think for me, even man, I've seen, and you know, I've seen, uh, some really good trial decoys that in my opinion were not very good training decoys. And then I have seen some, uh, decoys that were not very good at trial, but were really good at, at training decoys, you know? So yeah. it's like, I think it comes down to like, dude, and I, I gotta be honest, if you're a good, if you're good at obedience, if you're good at like building an obedient dog, uh, I think you know what to pay, what, you know, what things to look for mm -hmm. that I think it makes you a better decoy. Now, obviously it comes with having a lot of years under your belt and dogs behind you that, you know, you've yeah. worked and having a mentor that has, you know, been able to help you out. Yeah. But, uh, anyways, yeah. That's, yeah, it's it's more than just giving the dog bites. It's not. Yeah, it's, that's I, it's more than just that. A hundred percent. But I appreciate the um, you know, the desire yeah. to want to keep learning. Like I had, I had a, I think I mentioned him last time. Like Shane, he hit me up, and uh, he was like, "Hey man, when can I come out? Like I want to work my own dog. I've seen you guys do it, but I I don't feel like I'm I'm there yet. So I would like to learn, and that's cool. I like that. You know, I would more, be more than happy to help somebody like that. Uh. So are Anyways. you saying you're starting a decoy school? You know what? We've <laughs> talked, we've talked about it. Me and, uh, uh, myself and, uh, and Christian, uh, we're going to be doing a, a decoy helper, uh, seminar, cool. uh, hopefully before the end of the year, uh, we're, we're not just going to talk about the mechanics of, you know, decoy work and helper work, uh, but more so the, what we're looking for in, um, you know, as far as like how to switch drives. Yeah. What type of, you know, what are we looking at when we when we see the dog, you know, in front of us? And uh, so, yeah, uh, we're going to be doing that. And so make sure you guys check it out. Awesome. Um, I think we're pretty good for today. What do you I think? think I think that's uh, that's a good episode. Yeah, we don't want to we don't want to keep boring <laughs> you guys with this stuff. Um, if you guys have any questions again, sometimes we're on here talking and then later on I'll go back and listen. I'm like, eh, I could have said this a little bit different. This is our opinion. This is, yeah. uh, this is my opinion, for at least. This is, you know, when Royal speaks, his opinion. And if you guys could get something from it, awesome. And if you guys have something to add, please leave it in the comments. Yeah. Or we, we welcome it, all right? Uh, any questions, any topics you want to hear us talk about, uh, let us know in the comments. And if it's something that we're also interested in and we want to share, then we'll, we'll definitely speak on it uh, in yep. the future. You can find me on Instagram at Roel underscore G. Oscar Mora Dogs on IG and obviously at Elevated Canine Academy. Yeah, if you're watching this on YouTube and you can't finish the episode when you're driving in the morning or on your way home from work, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Google Podcasts. Just search up uh, Elevated Canine Podcast and you'll find us. Yep. And why don't you guys do some name drops, drop some names that you guys would like to see on the podcast, all right? Yeah, that would be awesome. I'll see you guys on the next one. Remember, guys, elevate your mind. Elevate your canine. Peace out. Let's get it. This that go and get it. With no hesitation. This that never quit.